Hello and welcome to It's Symbolic, where if I was better at this, I would have had a special spooky theme lined up for you. I'm Jacob Savage. I'm here. I'm Ben. Yeah, was that your special scary Halloween introduction? That was my ghost voice because I have departed to the second realm. What's the second realm? Um, well, I mean, I'd assume if this is the first realm that we're living in right now, uh, that's probably the one that you go to next, right? Mm. Like, that's just, that's just progression. So, I sort of thought the implication there would be that I have moved on, uh, to some form of, uh, not necessarily higher existence, but <laughs> parallel existence. Yeah. Is it exactly the same as your previous existence? Well, I'm still here doing this, so. <laughs> and we're thankful for that, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see at the end of this episode. Yep. Anyway, we are continuing our October lineup for our special Halloween month or whatever. That's the official title. The special Halloween month or whatever. I mean, I feel like this month has a name, you know. Like, people don't just call it Halloween month. That's sort of, I feel like Halloween came after the original designation of the month, uh, where it was probably also christened with the name. Yeah, but at you the might same have heard time, you hang out with reasonable people. You hang out with reasonable people that don't just call it Halloween. What, what about that fucking pumpkin spice? Am I right, fellas? Like, <sighs> the ladies are all, it's everything pumpkin spice all the time. Like, t- like, how, how about, Pumpkin, try something else. Am I right? Uh, Marriage. (laughs) Attempting to do this conversation naturally was a mistake. We're going to be talking about the musical Bat Boy. Dudes, what is it? It's some deformed kid. It's a Bat Boy. It's okay, little dude. I'm Rick Taylor. This is my brother Ron and my sister Ruthie. Can you say Ruthie? Shut up, Ruthie. Oh, dudes, we are totally keeping this thing. We won't hurt you. Yo, take my hand. Come on. Don't be afraid. It looks scared. Dude, see if it locks Doritos. Doritos, see? Dorito? I'm being! I'm being! This And... Since it's a musical, that's where the true horror comes in for Ben. Your your words, not mine. <laughs> hmm. Am I wrong? No. Yes. Yes. Oh. Yes. Okay. Okay. Fine. Fine. I apologize. I officially apologize. Damn right. Anyway, I did do some looking into horror musicals as part of my research, and there's honestly not a lot of them. What a shock. Yeah, I mean... I feel like horror is maybe less effective as a medium when you're in a crowd with, like, hundreds of people and are, like, looking at a well-lit stage and at a great distance. I mean... Horror theater was Horror in theater can work, but... Yeah. Just in musicals specifically, you don't see it as often. You get the occasional horror musical, but it's usually mixed with comedy... Yeah. Like with the Evil Dead musical. Or it's... I've seen people classify Phantom of the Opera, but that's more of a romance. Yeah. I mean, in a lot of these cases, I think the horror is 
thematic as opposed to like, well, how do I put this? There's a bit of a difference between horror as like a theme and horror as a genre. So like something that deals with topics typically associated with the horrific versus something that is actually horrific, you know? Yeah. I mean, and a lot of a lot of the ones that are horror are just like based on horror movies or source yeah. material, so I don't know. This like, one is an interesting case, both in terms of its inception and how it goes about doing it. And I take it neither more. of you were familiar with this going in? Uh, not the musical. Um, yeah, I appreciate. I, I figured. <laughs> I appreciate that you're kind enough to ask me, but I think you already know the answer. Yeah. Anyway, do either of you remember Weekly World News? Yes, very fondly. And I I never I, read it, so I can't make a comment to that degree. I mean, I didn't. I, actually... I never read like most of the paper. I just remember like being amused by the front page usually. Yes. At the checkout line in Safeway. <laughs> oh, so this is one of those tabloids. Yeah, a yes. very silly tabloid. Kind of along the lines of the onion. Oh, so it's tongue in cheek. Yeah. Yeah. So... Oh. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, Weekly World News is a paper that was launched in 1979 to carry mostly fictional stories, such as things like the Garden of Eden was found. They found that. They reported that Elvis was alive quite a bit. <laughs> Perhaps the most well-known and recognizable of these is Batboy, who in a way became the mascot of the paper. He first appeared in a cover story on June 23, 1992, created by the editor of the paper, Dick Culpa, and the writer Bob Lind, who was apparently better known as a songwriter at the time. Hmm. He was well known for being a formative part of the folk rock mu- movement in the 1960s. Well, alright. And th- this isn't even Wikipedia fucking up on me. It's literally the same person. I don't know what to take make of that. Me neither. They've had a storied career. Yeah, anyway, Batboy, the character, is a half-bat, half-human who was discovered in the mountains of West Virginia. And so, over... a cryptid. A little sort bit, of. yeah. He was brought into society, where he wreaked havoc on a regular basis. Well, he... if we brought, like, Mothman into society, would he still be a cryptid? He was a cryptid for a while. He did escape government custody. Oh. But over the years, he had even more adventures. He fought in Afghanistan. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) He ran for governor of California, I believe. (laughs) And some of these, just looking over the headlines, first of all, it's so dated, it's just like, 2004, Batboy to try out for American Idol. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that show's still on, right? I think. Yeah. I, I think it closed. I, I think that they stopped it and then they brought it back. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, fucking probably, huh? Yeah. 
Let's see. I'm kind of curious now. Hold on a second while I look up who the current judges of American Idol are. Jesus yeah, Christ. I stopped paying any, attention any, to uh, American Idol after season one. <laughs> any guesses as to who the current American Idol judges are? They have Randy Jackson chained to that desk, don't they? <laughs> Let's see. Okay, so the judges. Well, Ryan Seacrest, they got him. He's, I mean, he's not a judge. He's still there. Yeah, Whereas because he doesn't, he, he realized he doesn't have a career other than that show. Uh, he does New Year's, I think, now, right? Anyways, the host are Katy Perry, talk about someone who doesn't have a career anymore. Hey-oh. Uh, Luke Bryan, and Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie could probably do better. I don't know what yeah, he's doing. Yeah, he there. could. Anyway, are they drag racing outside of your apartment? <laughs> Sorry about city noise. <laughs> anyway, there are recurring guests. You're, the residents of Philadelphia are recurring guests. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Fat Boy also eventually obtained a genealogy chart dating back to the 16th century. Uh huh. And is one of, is his like mother's side an actual bat? No. Do they trace the genealogy of a bat? No, he's just his own race of creatures. Oh, okay. I I was thinking, like, sort of like a dampier, except instead of, like, half of it being a vampire, which is sort of part bat, it's just all bat, you know? Yeah. Well, he also got a Adventures of Bat Boy comic as part of the Weekly World News. Oh hell yeah. Yeah. Do you think a lot of people were tricked into buying that thinking it's like a Batman spin-off or something? I, I don't know. According to Wikipedia, I have not tracked down copies of this comic for myself. So it's, Batboy it's like, is like... currently hitchhiking with a typical American family after resigning from being the president of the United States <laughs> and King. Yeah. Yeah. I know that Danielle Corsetto of Girls with Slingshots fame worked on that for a while. Yeah, she did. But Last we've heard of Bat Boy, he was living in the New York City subway system. What's he doing there? Someone get him out. He, he's doing well for himself. He can, I mean, I guess. You hear from him occasionally. Gonna... I think the last story they ran in 2008, he was seen protesting the passing of Proposition 8. Ah, California. Him. So good on him. Yeah, and he also endorsed Obama. So, so I guess when when Obama came into office, he was like, "My job here is done." <laughs> is that, <laughs> that's the whole reason that that boy he went did into what retirement. Yes, <laughs> I mean, according to his history, he's only in his thirties. He was that born in eighty two. That boy is a millennial. Holy shit! Yeah. Anyway, this story caught the attention of a few writers who, in 1997, premiered Bat Boy as a musical. Is this going to be like, is it strictly based off of the continuity established in the articles, or is it sort of its own unique take on a Bat Boy? It's a unique take on the Bat Boy story. <laughs> Lovely. You thought you knew the story of Bat Boy. <laughs> you thought wrong. Yeah, the book was written by Keith Farley, who was mostly well known for 
acting as voice director for a lot of Klasky Kuspo shows. Hmm. You have no idea what I'm talking about, do you, Ben? What? I know what Klasky Kuspo is. What are you talking about? You know how to pronounce it, which is a step that over is... me. I know that they make animated abomination. <laughs> yeah. How could I forget the rocket power people, silly? <laughs> there you go. How could I forget Duckman? I'm I'm Duck more surprised Man... that you were aware of Duckman. Do you think Duckman and Batboy are related? Think they about it. Are animals and then anyway. Maybe they're distant cousins. Maybe. Also, the book was also written with Brian Fleming, mostly well known for his indie films. Particularly by this point, the film Hang Your Dog in the Wind, which I know nothing about. Hmm. Sounds unpleasant. Yeah. And music and lyrics by Lawrence O'Keefe in his first major credit. The first production actually premiered on Halloween. Ooh, that's perfect. Nice. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't do, would a lot of people like on Halloween night be like, let's let's go to the theater, the theater, the theater, on, on, and partake in on a music this hall. Great Hollows, Saint Hollows Eve. Let us go to the theater and <laughs> gaze upon the spectacle of the batted boy. <laughs> That's what theater people are like. Yeah. Eventually, the show was retooled a bit. Also, all, wait, I just want to say, uh, it's All Hallows' Eve. I messed it up twice there. Yes. <laughs> you're, you're very bad at this. But... I thought maybe we were doing it on purpose. <laughs> you give me too much credit. <laughs> the musical opened off-Broadway in 2001, starring Devin May as Batboy and co-starring Caitlin Hopkins, Sean McCourt, and Carrie Butler, most of whom have been attached to the project since its inception. And as for this episode, this is one of the few things that I allow myself to be elitist about. Like, Go not for it. even musical theater, just this particular case. I am using the original London cast recording instead of the original New York cast recording. The New York cast recording Go on. sucks. Oh, it sounds so? like a workshop. In ah. contrast, the London cast recording sounds a lot more like a finished product. The harmonies are a lot clearer, and oddly enough, the dialects are better. <laughs> Despite this being a show that expressly takes place in America. <laughs> the show is a rock show with... Ten people playing nearly two dozen roles. Is that a lot? Mm. I really don't have any point of reference for for theater. Well, two dozen is 24. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah. I don't deserve this. Yeah. I'm a computer science major, damn it. (laughs) Yes, except for the four leads, every actor plays at least two characters. Hmm. Usually including at least one drag role. Okay. Which can be problematic, but I don't necessarily think that's the case here, since it's just one of a number of roles, and it's not really played for comedy. Right. 
I mean, I can't offer any perspective because I haven't seen it. I dis- disclaimer: I have listened to the cast recording that Jacob sent me, which he was, you know, adamant about it being the better one, and that's what I've heard. Yes. Anyway, I suppose it's time to talk about the actual plot of the show, huh? Yes. There's a Bat Boy. What more do you need to know? Well then, the show takes place in West Virginia, which is how you already know you're in for a time. It's wild and wonderful. Yeah, I... I don't know. We're all from Northern Virginia. That means we think we're better than everyone else, and that goes (laughs) double for West Virginia. And we're fucking right. Like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) that's why mir left the state well i came back so that counts like double then i never left what does that say i left uh just you count triple how about that (laughs) okay just the sorting of validity or whatever we're using the terms the kids are using these days the show opens with three children splunkers rick ron and ruthie taylor who while exploring some uncharted area discover the bat boy right off the bat uh pun intended uh, i feel like whenever you have siblings who share the same first letter that sort of gives you a pretty solid picture of what sort of family they come from. Like, that sort of, like, you know, snooty, upper-class sort of family. Yeah, I don't know if that's I, the case here, but that's just always I what I think of. <laughs> that goes double if they're, like, a multiple birth. Yeah. Batboy attacks Ruthie and is taken captive by the other two, who deliver him to the sheriff of the town, who, in turn, takes the Batboy to the home of the local veterinarian where the vet's wife meredith who is very just put upon in general and his bratty teenage daughter shelly agreed to take him in mom we gotta keep it all right sheriff dr parker has some cages we'll take care of the boy for you oh that's great meredith i can't thank you enough for the favor and if it turns into a pain, call me. I got stun guns and a chain. Whoa. Oh. So here he is. Could leave him out of doors. Leaving on no more. We may have to put him down, but now we'll wait and see. We can't read ourselves about Christian charity. So And immediately Shelly just complains that she doesn't want him around. Because she's a teenager. Teenagers hate bat boys. <laughs> yeah. There's one thing I know about teens. There's one thing I knew from my high school years. She is also... We're all, oh, we're you... all like, get out of here, bat boy. Don't show your face and wings around here again, or I'm gonna 
uh, I'm gonna. Uh, what do teens <laughs> say to like threaten people? I'm gonna uh, sock them. Um, I, I don't. Fuck it. I have blocked out those memories. Uh, yeah. I'm probably the 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 one here who was least inclined to do so. So, I guess this is all on me. Yeah. I think the one guy threatens him with a knife. So. Yeah, she's dating Rick, and he tries to kill Bat Boy. Is this sort of like, like, what do you say a knife? Is it like a swish blade? Like, he's got, like, his hair greased back he and he's outright got a comb. Sa- probably. He outright the says comb also... in the lyrics that it's a Bowie knife. And and the comb is also a swish blade. <laughs> and he rides a motorcycle. And God, I wish. <laughs> no, to give you an idea of what kind of character this is, the script itself says that the number starts with him rapping very whitely. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's Eminem. Oh no! <laughs> Origin story. <laughs> God, I mean, if if like, I feel like if Eminem had a run in with with a with a Bat Boy when he was younger, that sort of explains how he grew up the way he was now. Like, there, there must have just been something that he switched places. Really, like, He's the Bat Boy. Oh! Oh my God! <laughs> Bat Boy killed him and took his identity. Oh my God! I can't believe Eminem is Bat Boy. <laughs> He's not home that explains so much. What you wanna do tonight? Hey, the little freaky, remember me? We were never introduced properly. Hey, you gonna cry? You don't look so tough by the light of day, but we ain't gonna murder you right away. First, we're gonna buy you lots of fancy clothes and make you clip your toes and watch you walk around in makeup and pantyhose. Too ugly for a pet? But freaky, don't you fret. We're, we're gonna, gonna sell you to the, the perverts on the internet. Your papa was a pig. Your mama was a snake. Can't even feed you till my dog, he'll get a bellyache. Your mama, she's so fat, she sat upon my cat, she made it really flat. Now she wears it as a hat and a we get some very heartfelt musical numbers between the mother who has already taken pity on him and the boy who has been named Edgar by this point, though the script continues to refer to him as Bat Boy. Bat Boy is just like a way better name. That's a good name. I wouldn't mind if you called Bat Boy. <laughs> Alright, starting next episode then? Yeah, of course. I'll definitely remember that. veterinarian dr parker who by this point is revealed to be kind of a drunken semi-abusive mess comes home and is about to put edgar down when meredith pleads to him and manages to get him to agree to not kill this possible cryptid by agreeing to act as a wife haven't danced since I don't know when. You remember that song, Meredith? Oh, dance with me, darling. Won't you embrace me? Kiss me in case we don't meet again. I've heard a rumor, barely a whisper.
whisper Claiming that we were through So dance with me, darling Show them that you're still true So, at this point, Parker just views him as a way to fix the marriage. Meanwhile, the... People always think that taking in a bat boy will fix their marriage. And <laughs> they, they never realize just how much work it is. Yeah. Yeah, and then so many bat boys just end up on the street afterwards. Yeah. It's sad. I mean, you heard the stories about the New York sewers? Just full of bat boys. Bat boys and yeah. alligators. <laughs> Coexisting. They're best friends. <laughs> yeah. It's a symbiotic relationship. And then they... They reproduce and have bat gator boys. <laughs> oh shit! That, that's a troubling thought. Is that gonna be like a fan art challenge? <laughs> Draw the unholy offspring. We'll keep adding a new element to this chimera every episode. <laughs> <laughs> As the show progresses, we also learn that the town has an issue wherein they are attempting to become ranchers as a town after the local coal mines have all dried up, and all of the cows are dying, which, you know, can easily be blamed all the, on all the teens. All the teens are tipping them like they do. And that's fatal to the cows. That's fatal to the cows. It's like, they're like horses because their legs are their weakness, and if their legs aren't touching the ground, they can't absorb earth energy anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know you majored, I I didn't know you minored in bio. Yeah, well, learn something new. (laughs) Cows are all dying and suffering from malnutrition. Which, you know, can easily be blamed on the local cryptid that has recently been captured that is known to feed on blood. Not not an unreasonable uh, guess, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, who else are you going to blame? Well, there's old cow killer Johnson. But, uh... <laughs> he swore he wouldn't do it again, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's just unfortunate naming from his parents, you know? Yeah. And those cows he was... killed. It was a dare. Also that. You went to college, think. Well, something's bound to raise a leg. Like the little bad boy they found in the bag. Got another dick. Got another dick. Got another dick. Got another dick. We then get a single musical number that covers about eight weeks, in which the Bat Boy learns to speak and be human.
which is already going very against the original articles. But <laughs> Do they explicitly state that he never learns to speak? Yes. Does Bad Boy use echolocation? Is this ever established? No, is I don't think so. Okay. He... I feel like maybe if he were to fight in the war and use echolocation, that could be, like, maybe that's pretty potent, you know? Yeah, I mean... Well, some of those may be answered for mu- for musical Bat Boy. Ah, uh, okay. For original print Bat Boy, who knows? But Different Bat Boy continuities, right? Yeah. In this continuity, Edgar becomes very posh and well-dressed and gets a high school equivalency diploma. Good for him. It's outright stated that they used BBC language tapes, so he speaks very fancily and with a British accent. <laughs> How convenient for the London crew. Yeah. Oh, no, no, this is in the original script as well. Oh, alright. Yeah. I mean, good thing they cast a British actor, I guess. <laughs> There's a sort of Frankenstein's monster uh, sort of quality to this, except... Instead of being actually raised directly by people, Frankenstein's monster learned to speak eloquently by watching another family. Yes, by stalking. Uh, I don't think Batboy strangles anyone. <laughs> no. The big event of the season, a town revival meeting, is being held, and the rest of the town convinces Dr. Parker to ban Edgar from attendance. Because it's a allegory for something. So there it is, Doc spelled out plain. So are we clear? You'll take no action that could derail this train. You're here. You should just be grateful we don't hang him from a tree. Yeah. So don't you go testing our Christian charity. So Through the magic of peer pressure, he agrees. But when he pitches that to the rest of the family, Edgar begs to be allowed to go to the revival so that he can finally be human. And, in turn, Meredith agrees. Dr. Parker comes to the conclusion that, of course, this means she loves Edgar more than she loves him. And resolves to kill the Bat-Boy. You little creep, you're gonna pay, I won't be shoved out of the way. Oh no, oh no, oh no, oh, no. and I can make a solid case for smashing in your filthy face. Shut up, shut up. I've got a spade and a burlap sack And there's a hole in the yard out back But if I feel it, she'll ask me why So I've got one thing to do before you die Wait, They have to kill the Bat Boy. Yeah. Or is that the joke you were making already? I, I, I don't know if I was you know making me, I'm joke, the comics. But... I'm the comics expert here. <laughs> so, God. In turn, again... Edgar is questioning his humanity, and he is still being fed blood throughout all of this. Whose blood? Um, small animals. Oh, okay. Yes. When he seems to be overcoming it, Dr. Parker kills a rabbit right in front of him, and he instinctively eats it. And it is not a pleasant moment. <laughs> also, there's the fact that well, Ruthie he enjoys it at least. Also, there's the fact that Ruthie has been in the hospital ever since the original attack. And Dr. Parker gives her a lethal injection with the intent to frame Edgar for it. Oh. Dr. 
Dr. Parker? What are you doing here? Don't worry, Ruthie. The Bat Boy will pay for what he's done to you. We're all gonna miss you very much. He's not a very good doctor. Uh. This is what we end Act 1 on. The death of a teenager. Oh, well, there's plenty more where that came from in the coming weeks. Oh, yeah. Act 2 opens with the revival meeting because we can't have a southern show without a gospel number. Make a joyful noise, my soul. Make a joyful noise, my soul. Oh, the line will lie down with the land. And the singer will walk hand in hand with Abraham. And we will cry to the sky, Jesus. And who boy do we get a gospel number. Edgar shows up and begs to be accepted and the town actually allows him in for a few brief minutes before Dr. Parker comes in drunk announcing that Ruthie is dead and Edgar is to blame. This leads to Rick attempting to kill him again with a reprise of the rap in some versions of the show. Is it still equally whitely? Yes. The whiteness is an important factor of the rap. Mm -hmm. But Edgar attacks him and flees. Meanwhile, Dr. Parker, while pretending to fix the wounds, gives Rick a lethal injection and frames Edgar for it again, leading to a mob. He was giving this guy all these lethal injections. We need better control for our veterinarians. Yeah. Do animal dosages work on humans like that? Hmm. To be fair... Tell us if you, on it's Twitter. It's more a matter of if you get enough of it. Like, three dosages... All of our it, veterinarian listeners. Yeah. If you have an answer as to the science of this show... <laughs> we... we, we Coming up next is our new segment, the If Symbolic Fact Checkers. Meanwhile, <laughs> Shelly and Meredith break off on their own with the intent of spiriting Edgar away so they can live comfortably and run away from the town. We'll stop this box and we'll get a front gate that locks and we'll get away from these ignorant In turn, Shelley admits that she is in love with Edgar, and Meredith reacts with horror, causing Shelley to run away as well. She catches up with Edgar, and I don't even know how to describe what happens next. Give it a shot. So, they confess their love for each other, and then the... Greek god Pan shows up and starts singing. Well, alright. So there is a symbolic ceremony in which the two are kind of unofficially married. Followed by a massive interspecies orgy. On stage. Cool. Alright. Can't go wrong. Nothing to say? (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm not sure there's anything you can say other than I guess this is happening now. <laughs> hmm. This whole thing is never remarked on again. The last Taylor child decides to search the slaughterhouse for Edgar. However, the mob mistakes the noise from within as the Bat Boy sets the place on fire. And we get our third dead teenager of the show. This is all Bat Boy's fault. Yeah. Once again, Dr. Parker just... By this point, he literally just... Takes out a vial. Oh, let me see if I can help. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> Too bad. What a shame. Don't worry, folks. The creature is on what is commonly known as a rampage. You see, love has been shown to him, then taken away. Like a dog beaten once too often by its mistress, he has turned on her and all humans. He will show no mercy. His wrath will spare no one. More blood will be we get another romantic duet between Shelley and Edgar, which is eh, or really good, depending on which version it is. Look how the skies turn red. Must be a sign. We can be one at last. Don't worry, he'll be fast. Shut up and we'll be, we'll be And then Meredith shows up and reveals that she is actually Edgar's mother. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. So Edgar runs off for some angst and decides to embrace the fact that he is a monster. Meanwhile, the mob also catches up with him. The sheriff has called upon the local institute to try and take away Edgar instead of the mob killing him. But everyone is convened, and the backstory is revealed, wherein... When they were younger, Meredith and Dr. Parker worked together. She was his assistant, and they were madly in love. However, he was working on prototype pheromes to try and help male whatever. You can probably see where I'm going with this. However, the pharome gets spilled on Meredith, and Dr. Parker goes mad and rapes her. She oh runs away screaming, and then she comes upon a colony of bats, which also rape her. Jeez. Fortunately, we don't actually see this. Jacob, what did you make me listen to? <laughs> also, the bats kill her parents. <laughs> what a weird... These are some fucked up bats. What a weird thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Parents just, just have, have like to die fucking... when bats are involved, I guess. These bats just, they just needed to take out some anger, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Parker, upon discovering this, marries Meredith. And nine months later, she gives birth to twins. You can probably guess who those twins are. Yeah. She begs Dr. Parker to 
kill Edgar, but he cannot bring himself to do it, and instead leaves him at the mouth of the cave where he was found, where he was found and raised by the bats. So who knows, maybe he can echolocate. Nice. Man, having the powers of a human and bat combined sounds pretty useful. Yeah. Yeah. Someone should, like, do something with that. You could call them Batman. I, I was going to go for something else, something a little <laughs> less obvious, but... Yeah, kind of on the nose there. <laughs> a little. It'll never work. Cool that the whole basis of this joke is the idea that Batman has bat powers. <laughs> I mean, I think there is, in the continuity, a man-bat. Yeah, I, I think, think so. so. I don't know much about superheroes, though. Neither yeah, once I. again, I'm, I know a lot of our audience comes to us for uh, our extensive, like, cape comic book knowledge. Yeah. Back to the story at hand. Naturally, nobody wants to live anymore after hearing that backstory. yeah so edgar begs for dr parker to kill him but he cannot bring up the nerve until he reveals that he slept with shelly in turn parker slits his own throat edgar goes to feed upon the blood from that and then parker stabs him in the back so is this, a, is this a drama or a comedy or what? I'm lost now. Well, also, Meredith tries to intervene and is stabbed as well. Jacob, what's going on? <laughs> I wish I could tell you. <laughs> this is when the officials show up, like, literally just too late, and everyone reflects on the lessons that they have learned, including the fact that that boy was innocent of- on all accounts, Mountain towns are just really shitty places to raise cows. <laughs> this is all just based off of a haha funny article. <laughs> and now we have everyone dying and getting raped and shit. What the fuck? I, I, I don't know. Oh, my Edgar. My dear, sweet boy. I'm not a boy. I'm an animal. Rape, murder, accidental incest. This show's got everything. Yeah. (laughs) What's not to love? (laughs) Well, I'm not going to go on record agreeing with that. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, the... Original production actually received really positive reviews. Like It won the Best Off-Broadway Musical Award at the Lucille Lortel Awards. And Devin May received the Theater World Award for his performance as the lead. Those sound important. <laughs> to quote The New Yorker, I've heard of it's them. It's the only play in the history of the theater whose hero ends Act 1 with a rabbit in his mouth and who moves on in Act 2 to an entire cow's head. But this did very well for itself, and it probably would have actually moved to Broadway, but then the biggest terrorist attack on U.S. soil happened. Oh. Yeah. Bad yeah, That timing, kind huh? of killed a lot of theater. Hmm. So the show closed on December 2nd of 2001. It did open on the West End, 
in September of 2004, ran through January of 2005, but it was actually kind of trashed in that one. In turn, later productions have received positive reviews, suggesting that it's probably better for a more scaled-down kind of performance. But that's Bat-Boy. That's Bat-Boy. That's Bat-Boy. That went directions I was not expecting. Yeah. Yeah. Honey, the writers of the book didn't go on to do anything, or at least not too much of note. They mostly went back to their respective fields, but... Lawrence O'Keefe, who wrote the music, did write a couple of shows that you've probably heard of. We've talked, we've well, mentioned them before. A couple of them. Yes. Let's put that to the test. He did Legally Blonde? And because everything seems to come back to it, the Heather's musical. Heard of it. So, you know, he went on to do pretty well for himself. And I have tried to find what draws people to this show. <laughs> Does that mean you don't see it yourself? No, I, I enjoy the show personally. Like, it has some solid numbers in it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's also the only point of reference I have for this show. So, like, other than just hearing your recap of the bizarre and unexpectedly dramatic plot, it's sort of like, I just have, like, oh, yeah, there's some, there's some nice, like, you know, rock opera pieces in there. Yeah. I mean, I think this was at the start of... You could probably classify rock musicals into a few movements. Oh, yeah? And I want to say that this was probably the second or third major wave in the late 90s. So you've got shows at the time like Hedwig and the Angry Inch and Rent. So Heard of it? Well, those were two separate shows, so... <laughs> Okay, no, I know that. One of them. <laughs> I was referring to Rent. Fuck you. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's the appeal to obscurity that people like about the show. Maybe it's the fact that it actually does touch on some pretty intense themes. Yeah. Despite the sure fact... Sure sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of religious symbolism as well. Huh. At the same time, it's pretty campy. And they know what they're doing. No, it, it's just weird. I trying to picture some way in which all these like really objectionable themes and that sort of camp around some sort of biz, like weird tabloid creature can be harmonious, and it's not really coming to coming together for me. You know? Yeah, I don't know. There was also this trend at the time of theater becoming very extreme. How so? I don't consider it to be part of the movement, but there was one movement of the late 90s called In Your Face Theater. Which, <laughs> That's a pretty blunt name. Yeah, which was originally defined to describe work that presents sh vulgar, shocking, and confrontational material on stage. 
It's a means of so, involving so, and affecting their audiences. So theater nasties. <laughs> oh god, you're right. Holy shit. <laughs> I will probably... There's a few examples in this that I have wanted to talk about, but that's another episode. I'm sure you'll get around to it. And I feel like it was partially the sense of less things becoming taboo, or... We, just, we were just tearing apart PC culture, you know? <laughs> well, at the same time, also the fact that all this objectionable stuff is shown, but none of the characters are really reveling in it. Right. Like, with a couple of exceptions, everything awful that happens is accidental. <laughs> or at least the more taboo aspects. Did anything else really stick with you, really? I don't know. I was just thrown off by... Uh, just how that story yeah. ended. Yeah, no, just thinking about what I listened to, it's just like, is this really the same thing? This feels very different tonally from what I felt like the, the songs came across as. Like, the songs were, they were obviously very intense, but they were... <sighs> it felt more lighthearted, I guess, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's sort of a counterculture of sorts. I to guess so. The... Yeah sort of general view of musical theater by this point. Yeah, I thought it makes sense. By the 90s, like, Disney had completely reshaped the face of musical theater in New York, so it was all very squeaky clean, and... Well, not all very squeaky clean. Rent was still a success, but... Yeah. It was a tourist thing. Disney's still got a pretty big presence. They keep... Uh... They keep making new ones. And they haven't made a good one in six years. I will stand by that. Honestly, this speechless, we should probably go on and end the show. We've been having a lot of this lately, huh? Yeah, personally, I, I enjoy the show for what it is. It's not a masterpiece, but it's fun. Yeah, I mean, and, I enjoyed listening to the music. Yeah, yeah I feel, I, I, I'm sure that I would get something of a different image of it if I had seen the whole thing but <laughs> yeah there you go that, that's why you do your research hey <laughs> anyway this thank you, for... you this should be where you plug how there's no like recordings available or anything like that and how theater is fucky because of it or whatever yeah i i, I did that last time we talked about musical theater i don't want to sound like a broken record well all right you can call it an encore hmm. i don't know I don't want to speak like a broken record, so here's the same thing I say every episode. <laughs> if you have something for us to share, I don't know, if you want to express your similar horror at how the story ended up, <laughs> you can contact us on Twitter at It's PC or through email at It's at gmail.com. 
make make a reaction video to uh, the podcast as you react in real time to finding out about all the fucking rape and kids getting murdered. Yeah, well, they've already listened to the episode. This is the ending of the episode. <laughs> Go back and splice that in the beginning. <laughs> If you want to see pictures, probably not of rape and kids getting murdered. We also have an Instagram. Hey, it's Symbolic Podcast. And however you listen to us, be it iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, leave a rating and review. It helps a lot. Spread the word. And hopefully we won't let you down. Well, anyway, oh. <laughs> well, see for yourself. That's a lot to put on me. Okay. Ben promises to put you down. (laughs) Mir and I are going to keep going for it. I'm Jacob. I'm Mir. I'm Ben. Join us next time when we're going to win a hundred million dollars. Or maybe it's a million dollars. I don't know. If we survive. What would you do with all that money, Jacob? I I don't know. the, The whole if you survive thing kind of... I think I'll just stay at home. Well, my only familiarity with this subject matter is a Twitter bot, so this will be interesting. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good familiarity. Yeah, that was, I, I still need to play the game. Ah, sweet wounded Jesus!